guy can sing really high. I wish I could sing like that. We will go for pizza afterwards. Please call Mark for more details. He could probably read that just like I could. So, But make sure you don't forget about that. That's going to be a good opportunity to, to uh, minister. Good opportunity. Next, please. That's it. All right. I'll just stop talking now. This is what you get when Mark's not here. <laughs> okay, um, Mark asked Katie Updegraff to give her testimony tonight. So um, we we like Katie a lot, and we planned something special just for her. So I'll have Josh play that, and then you can come up when it's done, okay? have my cowboy hat on right now just thinking about this song I'm getting ready to sing. Let me strum a few chords. Ah, music to my ear, that's for sure. I sure wish I could be there with you guys tonight, but fate has it. I'm at a scrimmage this evening. Probably breaking clipboards, hitting two-by-fours over top of kids. But I do have some nice words that I want to say about this next lovely speaker that's getting ready to come up. Her name is Katie Updegraff, and she's going to give us a testimony. And, and on behalf of her tonight coming up, Mary and I wrote a little song for her. It goes something like this. Oh, Katie Updegraff, just thinking of you makes me laugh. She's strong on a canoe, especially when she tips it over on you. Nice, sweet, and caring. She wouldn't hurt a fly. Ah, but beware of wrestling in the swimming pool, where there's no such thing as a tie. Oh, yes, just. Just ask her sister Emily. She knows her the best. If you need to know more, she'll tell you the rest. That's all that we have for this song. But Emily and Katie, you guys are some cool cats. And Katie, I just want to thank you for giving your testimony tonight. And uh, I know that this song brought tears to your eyes and brings back great memories on the canoe. Uh, but I just want to say thank you for bringing your testimony tonight and I'm praying for you. And I know that you're going to do a great job. So you guys give her your utmost attention. on. I had no idea about that song. That was funny. Okay. Um, I'm not really giving my testimony. I'm just talking about some stuff about the Bible. 
So tonight I want to talk about like your spiritual body and I'm the passage of scripture that I'm referring to is in Haggai, which is Haggai one, five through six. It says, Now this what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but have harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but you you drink but never have your fill. You put on your clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them oh wait, no that's it. Okay, and the first point I want to talk about is you have planted much but have harvested little. Um, ever since I was a little girl my dad has always planted a garden and um every spring he's out in the yard planning where he's gonna plant the garden. He plant the garden on this side of the yard, and then he starts tilling up the soil, getting everything ready, puts the fertilizer in, then he goes and gets his plants and his seeds, and they start planting everything, and then every day before he would go to work, he'd turn the sprinkler on, and then he'd come home, turn the sprinkler on again, go out in the garden, and take care of all his plants, but if you apply that spiritually in your life, if, if you're always in God's Word, and if you're always <clears throat> taking care of God's garment, which is your spiritual walk, then you'll be ready to harvest what you've sowed. So in another, I have another verse that goes with that, which is Galatians 6, 9. It says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Or the NIV version says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So, and then, like my dad, would, he's in the Army, and he used to, he'd go on TDY sometimes in the summertime, or go away with the Army for like two weeks, and then I'd be, they like go away for the Army. I guess kind of like a business trip for the Army. They'd train and stuff. Anyways, so <laughs> um, I'd be in charge of the garden for two weeks. And if I wouldn't take care of that garden, then weeds would start growing, and then he'd come back, and then he wouldn't be able to tell which ones were his plants because all the weeds had grown up over the plants, and then all, you're like, okay, where's the plants? All you see is weeds. And if you let your spiritual life go, and you, you know, just could go into church, and all these weeds come up in your life, and then it gets out of control. And another thing I want to talk about, uh, about your garden is sometimes you'll plant a seed like I was in charge of planting cucumbers and I plant them in the backyard at a perfect spot and I was like yes I can't wait for cucumbers I love cucumbers and then <laughs> the plant grew it was great I was like yes and then one cucumber came on and it was like yellow I'm like oh no and then it just died and no more cucumbers came I'm like what the heck like I want cucumbers. I'm like, what happened? So sometimes that happens in our walk. You plant something, and it's like you're praying about it. You're like, I'm doing everything right. What happened? Why didn't my cucumbers grow? But sometimes in our spiritual walk, if you just have to have faith. If you keep believing, maybe if I would have had more faith, the cucumber plant would have lived longer. <laughs> but we need to have faith, and the Lord will help us 
through these hard times, even though you feel like you're doing everything right and you're planting the seeds, but you just need to continue to have faith. And my next point is from Haggai is you eat but never have enough. And then my question is how hungry is your body? Um, are you eating the right kind of spiritual food or are you putting a bunch of junk in your body? Are you eating the fruit of the Spirit or are you eating worldly desires and like TV? Not even TV, but <laughs> watching <laughs> the wrong things on TV and filling your body with things that, your spiritual body, that aren't bringing glory to God. And if you're not eating the fruit of the Spirit, then you can totally tell. You don't feel right. Like if you go to a birthday party or something and you have a bunch of pizza and cookies and chips and you're like, yes, free food. And you go and you just eat all this food. And then after the party's over, you're like, oh, I feel so terrible. Why did I eat all that food? And then sometimes spiritually you're like, you know you shouldn't have watched this TV show. And you're like, yes, that was so cool. And then you get done watching it and you're like, why did I watch that? I should not have watched that. So we need to put the right kind of food in our spiritual body. And then the next point is you drink but never have your fill. And we need to drink things that will hydrate us and not dehydrate us. Like, as a runner, I used to run cross country, and I used to drink a big bottle of water all day long before I'd um, go to my cross country meet. And if... I didn't drink that water, then I didn't feel hydrated and I felt weak during my race. But if I did, I felt strong, like I was hydrated, and I could make it through the race. And then spiritually, if we're not hydrated and we don't have God's Word with us, then we're going to be weak as we're running our spiritual life and somebody's going to come along and say, Hey, come watch this really cool movie. It's really far over at my house. And like, no, I really shouldn't do that not pleasing to God, but if you're not hydrated, you're going to be weak and be like, oh, that's cool, okay. Then you're going to fall into temptation. And then my next point is you put on clothes, but you're not warm. And I have another verse that goes with it. It says, wherefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And we need to be clothing ourselves with the armor of God. And I have another example to go along with that is my dad's in Iraq right now, and he has to wear his ACUs, which is active combat uniform. And if he's not wearing that ACU, then everybody is going to know where he is. If he's going to be a target for the enemy. He has like to wear his helmet. He's got to have his flak jacket, his pistol, his boots. All that. And if he doesn't have the right stuff on, then everybody's going to know, hey, what's he doing out of uniform? Why isn't he in civilian clothes? If we have the armor of God on, then we're going to be strong and we're not going to be a target for the enemy. We're going to be prepared for the battle, our spiritual battle that we're going through. And I have another verse that went along with what you drink and what you eat. It says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I had another point I forgot to talk about. 
is not being full. Like sometimes when I'm reading my Bible, I get all pumped up. I'm like, yes, I'm reading Job this week. Oh, yeah. And then I'll start reading the first two chapters. And I'm like, oh, this is boring. I'm like, okay, how about uh, Matthew? And I read Matthew. Then I'm like, right, two, three chapters later, I'm like, I don't know, I'll read the next book. And then it's like I'm never satisfied. I'm like, okay. I think a lot of times if I would have just kept reading Matthew, I would have been blessed. Like I kept reading Job, and the Lord blessed me so much because I stuck it out. But So I think a lot of times we just need to keep going and stick things out. And that's about all I have to say. All right. Thank you, Katie. Um, Mark asked me to kind of head some stuff up here tonight. And, um... Um, we've got a few prayer requests tonight. Um, I know that Ricky is in Russia, and um, pray for the service and uh, for Logan and his family tonight. But I want to do it a little differently tonight. Um, I just wonder tonight if um, someone would want to come up to the altar tonight and uh, pray for Ricky. And, uh, if anybody would want to do that tonight. Logan. Now, would there be somebody tonight that want to go up and pray for the service tonight? And then I wonder if somebody would go up on behalf of Logan and his family tonight. If not, I will. Thank you, Pastor. Now, is there any other prayer requests tonight before we go ahead and pray? What I want to ask the rest of you guys to do is just kind of fill up around the altar, fill up around these guys. And, um, I just want to ask Lane if he'll start out and pray for Ricky and then Logan for the service and Catherine for the Justice family, and I'll go ahead and finish up.
God, I thank you for this day. God, I pray to be with each of these teens tonight. God, I pray to be with myself and be with everyone here. God, I just pray, Lord, that you will work and that you will move tonight. God, I pray that tonight each of us would come expecting something from you, Lord. God, if each of us would come expecting, Lord, only then, Lord, can you move and will you appear to us in the most awesome way. God, I pray tonight, Lord, you will speak to hearts. God, I pray you will soften hearts. God, I pray you will break us. And God, I pray, Lord, the remainder of this service, Lord, I pray that, God, if there's something we need to get right with you tonight, Lord, I pray that, God, I pray that we'll get that right. God, I just pray that, Lord, you will be with each of these teams this week and tonight. God, it's such a busy time of the year with sports, with school, with so much going on. And God, it's so easy for us to think that, God, as we sit here in the service, it's so easy for us to get sidetracked and focused on homework and sports and reports and work and just so many different things. But God, I pray tonight we'll put all those things aside. God, I pray tonight our main focus, our only focus will be on you. And God, I pray tonight that you will work, that you will move. God, I know I need you tonight. God, I know that there's more needs out there, but God, I just pray you will work and you'll, you'll speak through Mark tonight. God, I love you so much. And Lord, I pray you be with all these prayer requests again. Lord, I pray that you be with Lane and Logan. God, I pray you be with Ricky and Again, I pray for the service that you'll work. God, I love you so much. God, be with us tonight, Lord. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Howdy, folks. Good to have you back here in the Glen household. Um, as you can tell, I am ready to go. I've got my tie on, a little short, shorter than normal. Got my focused bandana, whatever you want to call it, imaginary tie. Feel like I'm ready to go there. I also have sweatpants on. This is my way of feeling comfortable in my house and uh, also being in serious business with the Lord and you guys see the kicks looking pretty good there so needless to say if you can't tell I'm ready I don't know about you guys but I'm ready for the service tonight uh, tonight we're going to talk about what I promised you we'd talk about a couple weeks ago and that is simply what does a spirit controlled life look like? We're going to go into some details about this and talk a little bit about this tonight. Um, I'll go ahead and say what I say every Wednesday. I don't think this is going to be long, so that means it's going to be at least an hour and a half every time I say that. Uh, but I don't have a whole lot that I want to talk about tonight, but I do want you, before we leave, before you're done watching this video, to understand when you see somebody walking down the street what a spirit-controlled life looks like. If you, you can tell if they are living in the spirit or if they are living in the flesh. flesh. So tonight we're going to look at that. I want to open up with this wonderful illustration. Uh, all those probably, I don't know, we've been living in this house how long, Mary? Three years? Two years? And we planted this tree. Believe it or not, it looks fake, but it's growing right up through the bottom of this floor in this basket. 
And uh, I've told you guys many times that I'm not real sure. I don't really know a whole lot about trees. I walk down the street and I can tell if it's a pine tree because it has pine needles or cones coming out of it. Um, I can walk down the street and other than that, that's about all I can say other than, hey, that's a tree. There's a big tree. This tree has green leaves, yellow leaves, brown leaves. There's a big, massive trunk on that tree. I can tell you that. But most of the time, I can't tell you what kind of tree it is. Uh, I just I don't even know the names of trees. Pine trees. Uh, I've talked about this before. I have no clue. Okay, But there's one tree that all of us can agree that we all know, or many trees, and those are fruit trees. For instance, this tree that we planted three years ago, I'm, not, I'm just lying to you, it's really not been here for three years. Look, see, in case you believe me, in case you didn't, or in case you believe me, I was just telling a fifth. But this is imaginary apple, and this is an imaginary apple tree. Why do I show you this tree? For as simple as this, if I walk by, follow me, camera, taking a little stroll, I'm ready to go. My wife and I are holding hands. How you doing, honey? Good to see you. Oh, well, look at that precious apple tree. Do you see that? Go ahead. Take a look at that apple tree. You see? I can tell that that's an apple tree. How can I tell? Because there is luscious fruit. Now, really, this says, I love you. That would be a cool apple. It said, I love you. October 29, 2004, that would probably be not a very good apple. It would be pretty rotten. My sweet wife made these for us. For our, before we were even married, she made us little house ornaments and that's sweet. But this is an apple. Because why? This is an apple tree. How do I know that? Because there is fruit growing on this tree. Now, I just wanted to show you this illustration because I believe truly with all my heart that as a Christian, people should be able to see your fruit. And we're going to talk tonight about the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so follow me down here. We're going to go ahead and start opening up your Bibles to Galatians chapter, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. Galatians chapter five, and I'll give you a second. I'm already there. Straighten this up. All right, Galatians chapter five, and we're going to go to verse 22 and 23. This would probably be a very good time when Marcy's probably talking to somebody right now, if that's my guess. I have no idea. See, now she pays right along attention with everything. But my guess is she's probably chitter-chatting right now. All right. And Josh is looking at Danielle laughing probably. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Now, I'm not going to really go into a whole lot about that right now because we're going to save that for later. But one thing I want you to know is if you are living a spirit-controlled life, it looks like those words. You can look at your life. You can see in your life those things. Imagine instead of an apple, you have peace on you or the tree. Or you have love or joy or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control. 
those are all what God gives us when we are living a spirit-controlled life. Those things just happen automatically because we are in tune with the good Lord. Isn't that awesome? And another way to explain that basically is simply this. When you are living a spirit-controlled life, your life looks like the life that Jesus led when he was here on earth. How is that possible? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But just so you know, the first way that you can tell that you're living a spirit-controlled life is you have the fruit of joy, love, peace, patience, and all those that we listed above. It's absolutely wonderful, isn't it? Can you think of somebody that you know that has all those characteristics? I can think of two. You guys know who I'm getting ready to say? Sam Stemper, John Listener. Some of you, I think of Logan Justice. I think of Brian Davis. I think of Katie Whitney. I think of Dan Hoare. I think of many of you who are living spirit-controlled lives. Now, let's go ahead and talk a little bit right now about... We, we mentioned the, the, the nine characteristics um, that the Bible states. But let's bring it to our level here. Let's talk about what we would see in our church. How can we tell someone is being controlled by the Spirit? Or if you are uh, working with an, uh, another person, how can you tell someone is walking in the Spirit? The first thing, honestly, a characteristic of a Spirit-controlled life, a person living a Spirit-controlled life, is they're not fake. Everything about them is real. They, what they say is true, what they believe is true, they don't act like they're somebody they're not, they're, they're not fake, a person who is living a spirit-controlled life. Second thing is they don't have to hide anything. They know that they're not going to be perfect. They know that, that, that things aren't always going to be hunky-dory and fun. They know that. And so they don't have anything to hide. Another characteristic would simply be that, that that you, as a person who's watching this person's life, you you feel like you can trust them with your, your deepest secrets in the world. A person who is controlled by the Spirit is someone who is very trustworthy. Somebody who you just want to tell that if you have a problem. You want to tell them and talk to them about them, or uh, about your problem. Um, another characteristic is that Spirit-controlled person, they're very aware of their limitations and their strengths. And they're also accepting of that. They understand they're okay that that's the way God made them. And vice versa, on the other end, they accept people for who they are. For instance, if, if someone um, is not a good singer or someone is not a good reader of the Bible, they're not going to give them a hard time. They don't really care. They accept them for who they are. A spirit-controlled person is very accepting of other Christians and their limitations and strengths. Um, also, another characteristic is, is, this is a big one, I think, they're very apologetic. People who are controlled by the Spirit knows when they make a mistake, and they have no problems, no, no problems at all, apologizing for the mistakes that they've made. Um, I think of, in recent days, uh, and I'm not bragging about myself, but there's been an issue with, that we're facing at school, and, and I realized that I don't know if I necessarily handled it the right way. And so, I, instead of um, giving everyone a hard time. Uh, boy, I'm really staggered right now because my phone is ringing. Let's see who's calling. This is Dan. Well, hello, Dan. How are you? Well, that was Mr. Dan Hoare. And he was 
was calling. He had some questions about Bible study and all that fun stuff. I wasn't going to let you listen to his conversation, but uh, he was just really upset and uh, was talking about how he's uh, trying to uh, come down from. Uh, he, he just he has this major uh, major addiction right now to drugs. He just so if you guys can really pray for him, he's going to need a lot of help in that direction. He just. He can't get over this addiction right now. It's pretty bad. No, just kidding. Don't start that rumor. It's just kidding. I can't tell you what he called about because it was about Bible study night and a surprise for later. So, anyway, if I'm a liar, I'm a liar, but that's all right. But as you can tell, I fixed my tie on during break. So, it's a little straighter and a little longer now. Um, but as I was saying, People who are living a spirit-controlled life are very apologetic. And the reason being is if they know that they've done something wrong, they want to make it right. They have such a conviction over their lives from the Holy Spirit that they want to make it right. And so they apologize for what they've done. I was sharing an illustration about this week at work where I've had a uh, a little bit of an issue with basketball. And um, I wrote this, this email basically stating my opinion on a matter that was I felt handled inappropriately at the school, and I kind of offended people. I didn't do it. I didn't say anything really mean or cuss anyone out or, or um, you know, do anything like that. Point fingers. Um, but but I did say some things that I felt needed to be said, but maybe said them in a, in a not kind enough way. So it took me a day later because I'd been determined to live this spirit controlled life. It, well, it was just today. This happened yesterday, and just today, I, I first class, I emailed all these people that I that I uh, sent this email to yesterday, and just apologized to them and, and told them, you know, that I didn't mean to come off pointing fingers or being harsh. I was just trying to state my opinion on how I felt the issue needed to be dealt with. Why did that happen? Because I'm awesome? Well, yeah, of course. No, not because I'm awesome. Because the Spirit allows me to be very apologetic. He convicts. He shows me what I need to work on and um, directions I need to go in. So people who are living a spirit-filled life are very apologetic. They are also very understanding of their failures. They understand that, that they are sinners, but they also understand they understand that they're sinners, but they also understand that they have the power to rise above their fleshly desires or their fleshly appetites. So they know that they know that they're a sinner, but they also know that if they seek the Holy Spirit that they can truly, truly overcome their fleshly desires in the world. And uh, that is definitely a characteristic of a person living a spirit-controlled life. Um, They also, when they go through difficult times, maybe they lost a loved one, or maybe they lost their job, or maybe they lost a child, I I don't know. But when they go through these difficult times, that's when you really see their,
And so a person who is living a spirit-controlled life, if they do get off track, man, they get back on track fast. Their recovery time is really, really quick. And uh, that's a definite sign of a person living a spirit-controlled life. And finally, the, the last characteristic of what you could see in our day and age is that um, when, when they go through a difficult time or a hard time, it seems like they grow from those experiences. They, they become a better person, a better Christian, because of the difficulties that they've gone through. Uh, the, the, the saying I think of right now is uh, problems or difficulties in your life will do two things. It will either make you bitter or make you better. And for people who are living the spirit-controlled life, things like that, the problems in their lives, struggles in their life, they make them better. So, we've just explored what it looks like, characteristics of it. We know that, that living a spirit-controlled life produces fruit. We don't produce it, but God produces it, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So, just give me a minute, and I'll get right back to you. Thank you for your attention. Hey, guys. Oh, you back, Rogue? Jessica and Charles, if you're there, hi, I see you back there all the way in the back road. You guys quit talking and giggling. All right, guys. Serious face. Justin, help me out. Justin, help me out. what Justin always does. Makes those wonderful sounds, doesn't he? I'm sure he's making them right now. Go ahead, Justin. Get them out right now. Get them out. Get your sounds out. Loud, nice and loud so everyone can hear. Not loud enough. Like, oh, there it is. Good job. Justin, way to be proud of you. All right. A couple things now we're going to talk about. We've talked about what it looks like. And this also gives you an idea of what, what a spirit-controlled life looks like. Because four things happen to you if you were living a spirit-controlled life. Four things happen. The first thing, I told you we're going to come back to this, and we're not going to stay on this long, so I'm going to move on, is you bear fruit. Did you hear that? A spirit-controlled life, if a person's living a spirit-controlled life, they bear fruit. Notice I didn't say they produce fruit. They bear fruit. Let me give you an example of my lovely tree here. Isn't that thing beautiful? The thing's been hiding on our back porch for years. Let me give you an example. Here's our tree, our apple tree. Okay. Now, this tree, you notice, has branches. See the little branches? And there's the fruit. And then it has a vine. Okay? Now, one thing you need to know about fruit trees is the vine is what the sap goes through. The sap goes through the vine up into the branch to produce this lovely 2004 seven-year, almost eight-year-old apple. Alright, that's what happens. Okay, let me say that again. The vine contains the sap that goes up through the vines to the branches to produce fruit. Alright, now Here's, here, here's how we're going to make this illustration make sense. You see this vine right here? That vine is our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the man with the plan, with the money, money man. That is Jesus Christ. And you see this, this fruit? Well, actually, you see this branch? That's 
There we are. There's Jesus. Hey, Jesus, how you doing? You're cool. Awesome. All right. Mark and Mary. Jesus. There we are. Now, now see, we're, we're kind of separated. But what makes, what, what's so cool about this whole relationship with God is that we live in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the sap. Isn't that cool to think of? So we got Jesus, we have us, the Jesus the vine, us the branches, and the sap, if we are using the sap, which is the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, we start producing fruit. See what happens? You can't produce fruit without sap. And you can't get sap unless you have vines that are bringing the sap to you. So what does that tell you? That simply tells you this. That if Jesus is the vine, we can't have Jesus unless we have the Holy Spirit in us. And that means that if we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have a life that is very similar to what Jesus led when he was here on earth. And if we do that, what happens is we bear fruit. We didn't produce this fruit. The sap coming from the vine, produce the fruit. We're just holding on to it. We're just bearing it. So what am I telling you? Here's what I'm telling you about fruit. It's simply this. You don't produce it. If you want to be happy, if you want to be joyful, if you want to be giddy, if you want to be trustworthy, if you want to be all these things, don't try to do it. Let the sap do it. The sap's what produces the fruit. Who's the sap? The Holy Spirit. Okay? So a lot of times we try to we try to live our lives and, and try to be happy and joyful and all this all these times, but we can't do it in ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit who pulls, who shows us how to live our lives like Jesus did. And then we produce the fruit. Isn't that an amazing illustration? I love it. I'll tell you what. Give this book a hand. I stole that from that book. Give that book a hand. That is a great, great, great illustration. Now let me look at my notes here for a second. So our thoughts really shouldn't be, oh, I want to be happy. I want to be joyful. I want to be excited. I want to be trustworthy. I want to be patient. That's not what our, we should be thinking. I'm going to wake up today, and that's what I'm going to be. No, our thought should be, I'm going to live in the Spirit. And if I walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit, those things will come out automatically. Isn't that an awesome thing to, an awesome thing to know? And one other thing about that is you, you, know, you can tell a Christian by if they are bearing fruit, right? Not producing it, but bearing fruit. One thing that is, needs to be told here is this, is that fruit produces normally, like when? In the, in the springtime, I think, fruit produces, or in the summertime? I think so. I don't know. Mary's giving me a look back there like she doesn't have a clue either. But our fruit is, the cool thing about it is we can pull from it all year long. We can pull from it in the fall and the spring and the summer and the winter. Why? Because we should be living in the Spirit at all times. So what point am I trying to make here? Is that living in the Spirit is not, it, producing fruit, or I'm sorry, bearing fruit is not environmentally sensitive. That means when I'm at school, I should still be producing food, fruit, just like when I'm living at home with my parents. I should be happy at school and happy at home. Why? Because I'm living a spirit-controlled life at all times. If you're one person at school and one person at home, truth of the matter is, you're probably not living a spirit-controlled life. You're probably trying to produce your own fruit. Does that make sense? Boy, this is like making tons of sense to me. I'm ready to just yippee-skippy it. Or going to whatever that dude does. 
That's awesome. This makes so much sense to me. So remember, it's not environmentally sensitive. You're always producing fruit all year long. Not producing fruit, bearing fruit, because you're living in the Spirit at all times. So how can you tell the first thing that happens in your life, the first thing that happens to you, you bear fruit. That's one way that you can tell that you're living a Spirit-controlled life. You have joy, peace, happiness. Let me read them real quick. We have love. Hi, honey, I'm giving her a kiss. You have love. When you're living in the Spirit, you have joy, you have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Faithfulness, faithfulness is what I long for. Gentleness, we can add that to the word. Lindsay, if you're listening to this, gentleness, gentleness is what I long for. That's awesome. And here's a great one, self-control. Let the Holy Spirit Produce the fruit that you bear so that you're doing it all the time. Okay? Next point's coming up here in a second. Hi, guys. Do I look different? I'm going to explain to you in a second. But I forgot to give you a Bible verse. Turn with me now to John chapter 15. This goes along with the last point. Um... Go ahead and turn to John chapter 15. We're going to open up with verse 1. And this goes right along with the last point on bearing fruit. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. What a wonderful way to end that last point. Now, if you're asking, Mark, Mark, why did you change? Why did you change? Let me tell you why. The reason why I changed is simply this. I'm excited about this point. You can't tell. I'm ready to go play some hoops. I'm ready for Michigan to kick a high state butt. So I've got my socks pulled up, and i got this hat here. You see, my next point is simply this. The second thing that happens when you live a spirit-controlled life is simply this. You become a changed person. How about this? I'm changed. You see that? I am a changed person. See this hat? That's camouflage. A lot of times camouflage, some animals can go camouflage because their bodies turn different colors, like lizards and stuff like that. So they become camouflage. They blend into their environment. Hey, big science teacher. You guys ought to come into class sometime. I changed my head. This hat changes my environment. I changed my clothes. This is what happens when you're living a spirit-controlled life. You change. 
stuff, you're like, well, I don't want to change. I'm, I'm good the way I am. Well, guess what? It might not be the person that God wants you to be. Let's talk about this a little bit. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Great verse. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Can you give me a drink, please? Thank you. I'm thirsty, guys. It's a heck of a wife right there, gentlemen, ladies. Great wife. Chapter 2, verse 13 in Philippians, it says, For it is God which worketh in you, in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I read that wrong. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. My lovely assistant, thank you. That's good stuff. Did you hear that? For it is God which worketh in you. He's working in us to do for both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That means that when we're living a spirit-controlled life, God changes us. He, he, he changes us and works in us for His good pleasure to use us how He wants to use us. Sometimes that's hard to take, isn't it? Knowing that sometimes we, on our own flesh and our own desires, we want to do something else with our lives. And sometimes we aren't obedient. But when we live that spirit-controlled life, God changes us. It's a great thing to think about. Now, one thing to remember here is, is you are not equipped to produce the change. The Holy Spirit does that. You don't produce it. You bear the change. God will produce in you change. And we just bear the change. We, we go along with the change. You think about some events in history, how God changes people, and how the Holy Spirit worked on people to change them. Think of Mr. Paul. The story of Paul. You guys know I love Paul. The story of Paul. Paul, God changed Paul from a, a person who, what did he do? He destroyed church. He was, man, he was persecuting Christians. He was tearing down churches. He was just all against anything that Jesus uh, had to deal with. He didn't want anything to do with it. He was tearing down the church. And what happened at the end? God changed him. The Holy Spirit changed him into probably the biggest, greatest church planner in the history of the Bible. Isn't that amazing? How God can take something and turn it completely over and do the opposite thing. Destroyed the church, and that was the greatest church planner. Amazing what the Holy Spirit and God will do in your life. If you look at the fishermen that um, followed Jesus, these fishermen were very uneducated. They were fishermen. They just liked to go out and fish and, and catch their fish, and that was their job. Well, they dropped their nets and, and they became, one, instead of really uneducated, they became the biggest, best evangelists and pastors in the world. They went from uneducated people to people who excelled for God, who, who just were on fire for God. God changes you when you're living completely for Him. It's amazing. Think about through the years, people that you know who have become saved, who maybe had bad habits or, or terrible reputations. What has God done to those people? I'm living proof of this. He changes us completely. 
We get rid of our old habits. We get rid of our reputation. And he makes us into excellent people to be used by him. It happens all the time. God is in the business of changing us. It's awesome. It's awesome to think about. Now, here's the, I'm not going to talk about this point long. But let me tell you something. He can change anything about you. He can change what you struggle with. He can change what you what you have a tough time dealing with at home or at work or at school with a boyfriend or girlfriend. He can change all those things. I think of the clip, one of the great movies of all time. Let me act it out for you. Okay? Here we go. Blue Nine, Blue Nine! Sit! Hunt! You fumble my ball! How you gonna fumble my ball? You're gonna run a hundred yards back and down! Have you ever fumbled this ball again? Oh my goodness, boys! Line them up again! We're gonna run until we get it right! And then he says this We're gonna change the way you eat! We're gonna change the way you drink! We're gonna change the way you play! You know what song or movie that's from? Can you tell them, Mary? Remember the Titans! Remember I'm saying that? Remember the Titans. It's the same way with God. When you live a spirit-controlled life, He changes everything about us. He changes the way you eat, the way you drink, the way you read, how much time you spend with Him. He changes you. If you're living for Him, boy, He changes you for His good. It's amazing. And let me tell you something. If you are struggling with something tonight, God can change you. God can change the way you look at things. It's an awesome thing to know. Oh, it's an awesome thing to know. I think of a couple of different people. I think of Brian Hoare came to my mind. When I was thinking about Brian, when I was thinking about this point, I was thinking about Brian. Now, Brian, I love Brian, and, I, and Brian, I'm sure you're going to be here tonight. Um, but, but one thing about Brian that I noticed is before camp, before teen camp this summer, Brian was really like all about sports and all about girls, and he loved going to church, but, you know, everything was cool. I mean, Brian was a great guy, but something happened when Brian went to team camp. God changed him. It was awesome. It was awesome to see God change him. I remember him standing up there on, on Camp Sunday and thinking, and I was thinking, wow, I can't believe the changes that God made in him. I remember him, Brian sitting up there saying, you know what? You like these games, and people like to, you know, do all these things, and at the end, you know, they like to win. But when you're a Christian, you've already won. And I think about how God changed Brian Hoare so much at team camp. God's in the business of changing people. He can change anything about you. I think of, I think of Katie Whitney. I, I, my mind has been on Katie for a couple of reasons. I don't know really why, other than, than when I think of a person who tries to live a spirit-controlled life, I think of Katie. And, and I don't know what God has in store for Katie Whitney, but man, I can tell you right now that wherever God leads, Katie will go. Katie, God will change Katie's anything at all, and Katie would be A-OK with that. And uh, God's in the business of changing people. He's going to change Katie. He's going to change different things with Brian. I think of Lane Justice. I think of... Um, or I'm sorry, Lane Smith, Lane Justice, Logan Smith, all these guys, God's in the business of changing people. I just messed up a bunch of names. I hear, I hear Mary laughing at me. That's all right. I can't, I can't even look, see who I'm looking at right now, so I can't say that I don't put, can't put a name with a face. You guys know how bad I am with that. But, bottom line is this. God is in the business of changing people. Isn't that awesome?
Hi, folks. Good to have you join us again. If you just joined the congregation, we are talking about what a spirit-controlled life looks like. And we went through the characteristics of a person who's living a spirit-controlled life, and then we talked about four changes that happen that you can see and identify as someone is living a spirit-controlled life. The first change that we talked about was that you bear fruit. And basically that means that you live a life of joy, happiness, peace, all those wonderful things. You bear it. The Holy Spirit produces that in us. The second thing that we talked about is you. if you're living a spirit-controlled life, you are somebody who is constantly changing for God's benefit, for God to use you how He sees fit for His good pleasure. And this third point, if you are living a spirit-controlled life, is simply this, a short point, but an energized point. And this point is, a person who is living a spirit-controlled life has a spirit-energized service. What does that mean? That means that the Holy Spirit gives them energy to serve others. That's what it means. Isn't that pretty cool to think about? That, that there are times where, where we don't want to do things uh, for, for our, our Christian brother or sister. But the Holy Spirit, when we're living a spirit-controlled life, He gives us energy and a desire to serve our brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ. That's an awesome point to think about. Look with me in John chapter 15, verse 17. If you want to, I'm going to go fast. I'm already here. But if you're there, I'll give you a second. All right, too late. Here we go. He talks about Jesus being the vine, the true vine. Paul does all the way through there. No, I'm sorry, John does all the way through there. And then we get to verse 17. And it says this. These things I command you, that ye love one another. All right, that's a simple verse. That ye love one another. What does that mean to love one another? That means to serve one another. That means to help one another. That means when someone is down and out, you're there for them. If someone has a need, you help them. If someone, anything that they need done or anything that you can do for them, you do for them. And you love doing it. You're energized about doing it. You want to do it and you want to help. And it doesn't come from you. You don't, you don't necessarily want to do it. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gives us that energy and that ability to do those things for people. Isn't that awesome to think about? I, I, I think about a, a message that I preached a couple months ago about simply one of the best things that you can do is invest your time into somebody else. Why? Because you're, you're basically giving yourself to somebody else. And when people, at the end of their life, what do they ask for when, they, when they're on their deathbed? They ask for what? Their best, closest friends who were there, who spent the most time with them and who, who loved them and cared for them and helped them. There's nothing that takes the place or that can replace time invested in other people. How can we invest in other people? It's simple. Just little things. For instance, if someone is, needs their grass mowed, this church needs our grass mower, or, or somebody uh, close to a church family member, they pass away, and, and they don't have much time, and so you decide that you want to make food or a dinner for the family for a night so they don't have to worry about cooking. Or maybe you go over and, and you clean up their house, or you know that they, they can't get all their jobs done because of this death in the family, so you help get these jobs done. It's what the Spirit fills us up with the energy to do those kinds of things. It's awesome to think about. I'll give you a little plug right here. I get a plug in from my grandma. 
My grandma was moving on Friday. And this is an invitation to you. I'm going to be moving her on Friday. If any of you want to help, let this message convict you. Bam! Not this message. Let the Holy Spirit convict you to come help. That's an opportunity for you. Now, we've got plenty of help. So, But if you want to come, you're more than welcome. We'll go get pizza afterwards Friday night and all that fun stuff. But there's another opportunity. My grandma, Jenny Hallfield, who's a dear lady of this church, who has lifted up this Bible study and prayer for many, many years, I know without a shadow of a doubt that every night she prays, every morning she prays for you guys in this Bible study. An opportunity for you to, to go and just be an encouragement and help her. Then it'll be a great time. If you guys want to do that, let me know. Friday we're going to do it probably about 6 o'clock. If you don't want to do it, don't worry about it. Uh, isn't that amazing what you can do as a preacher? You can really guilt people when they come to do things. No, if you don't want to come, don't worry about it. No big deal. But those are the opportunities that, that the Holy Spirit gives us, and, and it gives us a desire to do those things. There's no better feeling than helping someone else. When you're living a Spirit-controlled life, what happens is you have an energized desire to serve others. You have an energized desire to help others. And finally, the fourth point, the fourth thing that happens when you live a Spirit-controlled life, is you get personal victory. Isn't that awesome? You get personal victory. If you struggle in your life in any way, any shape or form, no matter what it is, the Holy Spirit can give you victory. Why is that? Because when we are living a Spirit-controlled life, we are tapping in to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Let's read this verse right here. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. This sums it all up. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And we're almost done, I promise you. It says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What is that telling us? That is telling us that this it is telling us this. It is saying that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And if Christ is living in you, if He is controlling your life, you get victory. You can have victory over those sins that have been bearing you down and pulling you down and shoving you down in the dirt. You can have victory over those things. Why? Because Christ is what's, who is living in us. The Holy Spirit is living in us, and He can give us victory. I think of the verse that says we can have the mind of Christ. If we are living a spirit-controlled life, we have the mind of Christ. We can defeat. We can have victory over all of our problems. It's an amazing thing to think about. So four simple things, four simple changes that happen in your life. You bear fruit. You have change in your life. God changes you. You have an energized desire to serve. And finally, you have personal victory. Those are four things that happen. Four things that you can see happen in a person's life who lives a spirit-controlled life. I want to encourage you tonight to make sure that if you have not been living the spirit-controlled life, that you truly and honestly seek Seek God tonight. We're going to listen to this song. I want you to listen to this song and, and move how the Holy Spirit would call you.
get you guys to bow your heads tonight. Close your eyes. I didn't know what Mark had planned um, as far as an altar call goes tonight. So as I was sitting back there thinking um, about what Mark had said tonight, um, change is an awesome thing. And um, I know in my life lately, um, this past week, God's been changing me a lot. And um, to be honest with you guys, a lot of you know me. Um, I hate being in front of people. Um, I hate being up front, and uh, it scares me to death. <laughs> but um, God's been changing me in recent days. and um, He's just given me such a, such a love and such a passion for you teens and uh, for you older ones that are here. And, um, as I said, change is such an awesome thing. But I think we as Christians so often we're just so afraid of change. You know, you may be here tonight and you say, well, Michael, I love who I am. I got a good job. I got a good car. I love who I am. I don't want to change. You can have all the money in this world. You can have the best cars. You can have the best job. But let me ask you something. How much time have you spent with God? How much time have you spent with God today? When we, when we give to God and when we give to God of our time and we mean it, God will change us. And as I said, just I think we as Christians, we're so afraid of change because we're afraid of what God has for us that we don't want. We don't want some of the things that God has for us, but change is, God can, God, God can use each of you in such an awesome way. I know each of you guys here tonight, God has such an awesome plan for your lives. You may be here and you say, Michael, I've gone through so much this week, you have no idea. And I believe that. But God's bigger than life. He's bigger than all your problems. And as this song plays tonight, my prayer for you guys is that you would just think about Mark's message. And I just pray that uh, tonight... Before, before this is over, if you guys have need, that you would get to that altar and that you would pray. And, um, you guys just listen to the words of this song, and I just pray God will work tonight.
And we still have a couple people praying. As I walked in, I just was overjoyed to hear Mr. Mike Charles, my man, I call him King, up here. He's man. I got about that. And uh, I just want to, I appreciate Michael's spirit. He came up to me a week ago and said, Mark, said, I want to tell you something. God just laid it on my heart to let you know that if you need anything at all, help at Bible study, or need someone to speak, whatever you need, you just let me know. I feel like God's telling me to come up and, and tell you that. And uh, I think we can all learn a lesson from Michael. Just making yourself available. I've gotten so many different phone calls from Michael in the past months and the past year or so. He just says, hey, praying for you. Wants to know that I'm thinking about today, praying for you. If there's anything you need, you know, you know. I don't have to tell you. you know. I'll do it for you. I think, thank the Lord for Michael. What a great guy for you guys to look up to and follow after his footsteps. Be an encouragement to him, and I'm sure he's an encouragement to you. So, let's go ahead and, and bow in prayer and um, go to the Lord, dear Heavenly Father, God. I Thank you so much, Lord, for all these people that are here tonight. God, I thank you for Michael. I thank you for Katie. I thank you for my wife, Mary. And I thank you for Josh. And I thank you for Dan and all of those who have helped make this night um, allowable. Lord, I know in my busy schedule the last two weeks it's been hard for me to get here. And I just thank you for bringing people and lifting people up to, to fill in, to, to make sure that, that your your kids, your, your teens can have a Bible study. And God, I, I know that you know my heart and how I believe how important it is for us to live that spirit-controlled life. And I uh, think of uh, the points that I preached last night and to these kids tonight, just about bearing fruit. I know in my own life, Lord, sometimes I, I think, man, if I don't have peace, joy, and happiness, I, I try to produce it myself. And God, I, I know that those are the times when I just need to continue to walk in your spirit because you will produce it for me. Lord, and I just thank you that, that you allow this message to sink into my heart, and I pray that you allow this message to sink into these kids' hearts. Lord, we know now after tonight what it looks like to live a spirit-controlled life, and I pray that throughout the rest of this week that we continue to do that. Lord, I pray for those who made a commitment last week and the week before about living that spirit-controlled life. I pray that you continue to give them the, the desire and the ability to just walk with you. Because when we walk with you, Lord, when, when things are right with you, oh, we do have the fruit of the Spirit. And God, I thank you for what you're going to do this week and what you've done already in the past week. And I pray that you just bless the remainder of this evening and the rest of this time that we have together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The night is not over. Josh, go ahead.
This is in honor of Josh Kirby and Max Whitney for their puppeteer skills. Take one. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. missed that at the very end when I, when I turned the puppet over you guys started laughing it said are you going my way I was hitting on my wife with the sock you guys ever hear that when you took, look at the guys look at the girl and they're like you going my way alright I'm glad you didn't hear it because you want to thought it was funny hey don't forget hey don't forget to be praying for Ricky I've gotten two phone calls from Ricky and just letting me know how he's been doing and uh, he's doing well so continue to pray for him also any of you that want to help out with my grandma's 50th move in the past two years, you're more than welcome to come Friday. Um, just give me a call, and we'll get pizza and stuff afterwards. And other than that, have a great night. <laughs>